now, and now, and now, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new edition of Over the Line, and my voice is nice and raspy today. And now, and now, and now. Welcome to the show. So glad you are here. Tonight's show was a little up in the air. One, because I took another nap. And I keep doing that, and it keeps screwing me up. And I, I <laughs> dude, I woke up. I woke up from this nap all right, about an hour ago and completely freaked out, but only freaked out because I thought I was late for work. I looked at, at my phone, and it said 5.55. And I thought, holy crap, it's 5.55 a.m., and I'm late. And I'm like two hours late. And I'm like, wait a minute, it's still Wednesday. I gotta get ready for the show. And so, here I am. Also, for those of you watching live, we've got a bit of a mess up where you know we're back on Facebook, Facebook Live. But for some reason this morning, Facebook locked me out of my account for security reasons because some unusual activity or whatever. And so I had to go through the whole process, change my password and all this kind of stuff. And I didn't think about the fact that I have to change it in our system for our live stream. And so it was too late by the time I found out. And I was like, whatever. I ain't even worried about it. We'll, we'll end up, um, by the time we do the next show, whether that's uh, tomorrow or Friday, because we may do a show tomorrow, but that's not 100% set in stone, but we'll post it on social media. But by Friday, we'll have the, the password thing fixed. And for those of you that want to watch live on Facebook, you can uh, do so. Let me give you a little uh, behind-the-scenes look as to what's going on around here. And another reason why I almost called the show off. Um, and it's related to COVID-19. That's right. And I get nervous saying that because as soon as that comes out of my mouth, I could no longer post this video on YouTube. Like, that's it. We're done. So this is the point where I've decided no longer will this episode be on YouTube. Um, yesterday, Trish had a fever, and she felt slightly short of breath, uh, and just wasn't feeling good whatsoever. So we made the decision, I made the executive decision, that we were going to go get the regimen that so many people are taking, and we're going to let her start taking it. You know what that means. This is really going to be the point. I can't put this on YouTube. That right there. I'm not going to say it. Not going to say it, but... Dun, 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 dun. That right there. She takes it last night with... Uh, a, a variety of vitamins, uh, a variety of uh, different things, uh, most natural stuff. And today, guess what? Magically, she feels better. Now, maybe it's a coincidence. Maybe, maybe we just got lucky. But then, this afternoon... I started feeling a little short of breath, <laughs> but I always feel short of breath, but sometimes 
it gets in my head. And instead of me just realizing, hey, you're fat and that's why you're short of breath, I start thinking, uh, you know, but what if? What if? Because here's the thing. For me, personally, I've been through this twice, okay? I should have super antibodies, not just because of that, but because I am in close contact. I am in an enclosed car with 15 to 20 different strangers on a daily basis, every single day. And those 15 to 20 strangers have each probably come in contact with 5 to 10 other people. So I'm probably making contact with over 100 strangers a day. It's the equivalent of me going to a small concert every single day. In other words, I should have interacted with the virus come in contact with the virus multiple times. Multiple times a week. Let's just say, I should have contact with this virus multiple times a week, according to my math. But, to be on the safe side, because we got plans, everybody's got plans, I really don't have plans, but, just in case I have plans, today, went ahead and started it. Boom. There it is. Now, if this is something that you want to try, this stuff, as well as the vitamins, you just let me know, and I'll give you the info. And just shoot me a Trisha message, and uh, we'll get you hooked up and tell you exactly what uh, what we are taking. But there's um, people... Uh, that I trust that are taking it as a preventative, people that are taking it because they have it or have had it, and it is a lifesaver for those that don't feel comfortable with the jab. So there you go. That's it. I've even... (laughs) I'm not going to say his name because I promised I wouldn't tell the story. I probably shouldn't even say this much. But I got a friend. He is a... Liberal, he is a self-identified socialist, and he is taking this stuff multiple times a week. Doesn't have the the virus, but he's taking this multiple times a week. And you know what he's most scared of? He's most scared of his liberal friends finding out that he's doing it. (laughs) Because he said there is no rationale with that group about this stuff that it is the kiss of death within those circles if you are in fact uh, trying to we'll say get rid of the worms in your body nonetheless there it is Um, if you want to try it again get in contact with us and we'll tell you exactly what we're doing we're no doctors but we have done research, and all we're not telling you what to do. We are just responding to you asking us what we are doing. We're not giving you advice, no medical advice, no nothing like that. You will just be asking us a question, and we will be answering. So, and that's free. We're not going to charge you for that.
No copay here, buddy. Um, before I get into what I need to talk about tonight, I need to remind you about Vapor Forge and uh, the amazing work those guys do. I can't help but bring up the threat that they're under right now every time uh, I, I talk about them. Um, but they're still open for business. Nothing's changed thus far. These guys are still trying to find a way to survive uh, after the FDA put in place a, a vape ban banning over or, uh, almost a million different products, juices, devices, whatever. So as these guys try to figure it out, y'all go show them some love. Uh, go to their social media, their Facebook page, Vapor Forge, V-A-P-E-R-F-O-R-G-E, uh, and it, it, shoot them a message. Just shoot them a quick message on on Facebook and say, hey, just want you, want you guys to know uh, that what the government and the FDA is doing to you guys, I absolutely hate it, and we support you 100%, and uh, they will definitely appreciate that. That'll help lift their spirits. 4673 Highway 280 East, right here in Birmingham. 205-874-9010 is their number. And also, as you know, Patreon. I don't like beating y'all over the head with this. Patreon.com slash Andrew McLean, who four ways to give. Y'all know the drill. If you'll go to Linktree.com slash Andrew McLean, who it's got all the links you need for any of this stuff. So just go check that out. I mean, you can you can actually, if we are live, you can actually watch the Twitch stream from linktree.com slash Andrew McLean who so uh check that out you know what would be funny and I just thought of this this would be precious if we were able to do a show one night and imagine the publicity we do a show one night and we're giving out this stuff I'm not gonna say again what it is but it rhymes with Schmivermectin. Okay? But I'm not going to tell you what it's called. I don't need the feds showing up at my door. All right. Uh, speaking of COVID, Pfizer has announced that... Are you ready for this? They've announced that the COVID-19 vaccine works in kids ages 5 to 11. All right. Time to vaccinate your kids. <laughs> Uh, and I, I don't mean to laugh because it's not funny. And the reason it's not funny is because there are parents out there that have zero self-awareness, that have zero uh, sort of skepticism about the government or big pharma that will gladly put their children at the front of the line for this vaccine. And it's sad, not for the parents, but for the children who will have no choice. The parents will put their hope and their trust in the big pharma and the government who are colluding together with the media, with the Democrats, with everybody, all on the basis of money. I cannot imagine a scenario where I, or probably most of you guys that are watching, would allow this vaccine to go into your children. I know most of you, I would dare say most of you guys, have probably had the vaccine yourself. And that's no problem. I respect you for it. Some of y'all actually probably needed to get the vaccine more than take the chance of catching the virus. But it's not for everybody. 
Kids, on the other hand, it is a totally different ballgame. Children do not need this, and I'm scared that they're going to push this and that by the time we realize it's not good for kids to be tanking, it's going to be too late, and there's going to be a bunch of heartbroken families. Pfizer says COVID-19 vaccine works in kids ages 5 to 11. Uh, then it's vaccine works, uh, that it will seek U.S. authorization for aid for this age group. A key step in beginning, a key step in, let's try this again, Andrew, a key step toward beginning vaccinations for youngsters. The vaccine made by Pfizer and its German partner, BioNTech, Already is available for anyone 12 and older, but this, but with kids now back in school and the extra contagious Delta variant causing a huge jump in pediatric infections, not deaths, not hospitalizations, just infections, many parents are anxiously awaiting vaccinations for their younger children. For elementary school age kids, Pfizer tested a much lower dose, a third of the amount that's in each shot given now. Yet yeah, after their second dose, children ages 5 to 11 developed coronavirus-fighting antibody levels just as strong as teenagers and young adults getting the regular strength shots. So there you go. I don't know if that makes you feel any better. It does not me, but two weeks is on. This is a decision that you as a parent will make. Do you trust your government? <laughs> Do you trust Johnson & Johnson? Do you trust Pfizer? Do you trust Big Pharma? Whatever. Moderna, that's on you. Do what you want to do. I've got so many things, and I'm, I'm going to try to steer away from it because, again, I hate to be the type of person to say, I'm not going to say this, that, and the other because I'm scared we'll get pulled down for whatever reason. Um, but sometimes I have to do that just to stay afloat. Okay. What I do is I eventually say all the things I want to say. I just got to spread it out. I can't put it all in one episode. Um, There's a video floating around out there, and I actually thought about Trish and I reaching out to this lady uh, just to get some of her backstory, but she posted a video about getting an antibody test. Now, she had COVID 15 months ago. Got an antibody test, and when the results came back, the nurse practitioner told her her levels of antibodies were so high that it showed up immediately on the test. 15 months after being infected. So what does that mean? I mean, normally, your antibodies could last anywhere from, you know, eight months to a year and a half or or whatever. That's just traditionally what we see in most viruses. But what if it's different with corona? What if it's different with COVID? And these antibodies last much, much longer. That would be important to know, especially as the White House is feverishly pushing booster shots before everybody's been vaccinated in the first place. Most of y'all just got vaccinated, and they're already pushing booster shots for you. You going to take COVID shots your whole life? It's a little disturbing. Just a little bit. But again, maybe that's just me. Maybe 
That's just me. Hold on a second. Let me pull up my deal here. Uh, okay. Let's make sure we're uh, we're we're rolling. Um, so there's that. There's that on the front of kids taking uh, the COVID vaccine, and and it's probably not going to necessarily help the Biden administration as far as their public polling, the, the, the way Americans view them. Because even a lot of people that have taken the vaccine and may consider themselves pro-vaccine, whatever that even means anymore, they are not going to allow their children to get it. Because they know it's not a good idea. We've actually, we got more evidence that the vaccine hurts children and uh, teenagers, especially males, than we do that it helps them. Have you, and did you know that? It, that's actually true. We have more evidence of adverse effects than we do success stories of, you know, somebody actually fighting off the virus. And because of that, we're going to give a COVID vaccine to five-year-olds? That make a lot of sense. But that maybe that's why Joe Biden's approval rating is so low right now, so low that Kamala Harris is now six points higher than Joe Biden. You can't make this up. Like, this is legit. Kamala Harris has six points on Joe Biden in popularity polls. <laughs> And and Kamala Harris is one of the most hated people in Washington, D.C. She really is. Nobody likes her. This is crazy. President Joe Biden's approval rating sucked to 43%, the lowest level of his presidency, and six percentage points below Vice President Kamala Harris, according to a poll from Gallup. Biden's approval dropped six percentage points compared to August, falling from 49 to 43. Ooh, that's a big jump. According to the results of the of a Gallup poll released Wednesday, today, Biden's approval rating is roughly at the same level as former President Donald Trump and Bill Clinton at the earlier stages of their respective presidencies, according to Gallup. Now, think about how these polls were skewed against Trump. And maybe not that the, the pollsters were lying about the numbers, but how they were doing the polling. And how polarized everything was. You were more likely to keep a person that didn't like Trump on the phone to answer a question of whether or not they like Trump than you are somebody that loves Trump. Because the people that love Trump don't trust these polls. Don't trust Gallup. Don't trust the media. Don't trust anybody. So they're not going to stay on the phone with you to answer your questions or however you're conducting your survey. So there's a good chance you could give Donald Trump on every poll a 15-point buffer. And if he's 40%, you go ahead and say 55. And and that's being generous, okay? Generous for the left. Joe Biden, who gets constant fluff pieces written about him, protection by the media, and cover... Everywhere he turns, as people still, when they got to criticize somebody, go back to Trump, he is at 43%. Not to mention what I keep bringing up, 81 million votes. The most popular presidential candidate in history 
somehow can only get 43% of the population to like him. If that's even accurate. <laughs> this is why nobody believes it. You don't you can't you can't go from 81 million votes to a 43% approval rating in 8 months. It is impossible outside of murdering Taylor Swift live on TV. That's the only thing that can make you go from 81 million to 43%. So we know. I'm not going to go into all that, but Joe Biden is sinking like a rock. It's not good. And why is it? Well, Afghanistan, obviously. COVID vaccine mandates. And right now, one of the big ones, the border crisis. The border crisis. Because the White House seems to have zero interest in fixing it. They don't even seem to know what's freaking going on. And I'll prove it to you. First of all, look at this. Some more images coming through from the border. It's absolutely devastating to see our country allowing this to happen. Look at this. These people are camped out under this bridge at the border tearing down limbs and sticks and doing whatever they can to build shelter and, I guess, beat the heat or whatever. Look at that. It, they literally have turned our border into Haiti. That's exactly what Haiti looks like. And it's right at our southern border. And they're doing nothing about it. Now, the Biden administration says, hey, you know, there's we're, we're letting in a very very select few uh, people into the country who obviously need to escape whatever oppression that they're running from. And nobody's running from oppression. The people of Haiti aren't dealing with oppression by their government. But we're turning away many more, and we're deporting them back to Haiti. Okay? Fair enough. Now, granted, we can't take your word on that, but at least you would know as the White House, as Homeland Security, as Border Patrol, and the, and the uh, immigration borders are Kamala Harris, y'all would know, at least know, simple things like, how many migrants have you sent back to Haiti? How many so far? Because a head count is very important. These are, these are normal procedures that the government would do, they, they've got to keep up with everything. But something as simple as knowing how many people you've sent back, even just a, a, a number that's within, I don't know, 50, you would know that if you're actually deporting people, right? Well, let's see what Jen Psaki says when she's asked about this question. The Secretary Mayorkas has now been asked twice on the Hill. Uh, and he's not been able to provide an answer to this. So, so I want to ask you, do you have the numbers? How many Haitians have been deported? How many have been processed? And how many have been allowed to stay in the United States? I certainly understand why you're asking and understand why people have been asking Secretary Mayorkas. Those are numbers that are uh, the, Secret the Department of Homeland Security would have the most up-to-date numbers. But why is it so hard to keep track of a simple number like that? Why can't you give it? Why can't he give it? It's been 
two days now he's been asked. I, I'm certain they will provide it. It's an absolutely fair question to ask, and uh, I'm certain he just wanted to have the most up-to-date numbers to provide. Right. So Mayorkas is on Capitol Hill under oath, and he had been asked twice, twice, how many Haitians have you deported? You're telling us you're deporting these people. Well, give us a head count. Just a roundabout number. Twice. I don't I don't have those numbers. I want to give you an accurate number, so I'll have to get back to you. Jinsaki, how many is it? All right. He he said he'd get back to us. Hadn't heard from him. He has he's had time to figure it out. Jinsaki, no clue. So what does that mean? Chances are they're not deporting Haitians back. They want them here. They want the world's citizens to come in here. They've been open borders from day one. This is what they want. They want to change the demographic of this country. Not because they like diversity or they want just to, they want America to be a little more brown. They're doing it to change the demographic because they feel the demographic will change the vote. Right? They don't care if American culture goes by the wayside. They don't care if what this country has stood for for 200 years goes away and never comes back. This is about them realizing, well, I guess we got to work with the system we got and allow people to vote for us instead of just uh, electing ourselves. So we'll just change the way America looks. And so those that are rightfully here, legally here, born here, raised here, they no longer have any say-so. They no longer pick the leaders. The people picking the leaders are the people that already owe us a favor, the people we allowed to come into this country that we get, we gave uh, free money and housing and health care to, the people we gave citizenship to and the right to vote eventually. Those are the people that will be deciding. That's why... You see the federal government taking immigrants and flying them in bundles to all 50 states. Every single state they're taking them to. From Alabama to Alaska. They want to spread them out. They want to change these states. And at the end of the day, if we ever get a number, you can guarantee you you can guarantee yourself that these numbers will be top heavy on the side of red states compared to blue states. They'll be sending a little extra to the red states so they can turn them blue. That's what they want to do. And it can sway entire elections. Absolutely can. And it will if it's not stopped. It absolutely will. Now, Jen Saki's like, they're not staying here long term. You know, we're going to send them back, blah, blah, blah. Oh, really? Really? What's going to happen is they're going to allow them to stay for a certain period of time until they start categorizing them as they do dreamers and saying, well, I mean, they've been here for X number of years. So they got to stay. They got to stay. The change in demographic sways elections. I mean, even the population of a city can change an election from an entire for an entire state. You look at Atlanta, okay? 
Georgia goes for Joe Biden, not because the people of Georgia are Democrats or liberals. Georgia elects two, not one, but two radical leftist Democrat senators. Not because Georgians are leftist radical Democrats. It's because of Atlanta in a population that was utilized to literally decide for the rest of the state what's best for them. Not that there was enough people in Atlanta that voted that could have swayed the election, but there was enough people to represent votes. You know what I'm saying. So that's what will happen. That's the way this will go. I've told y'all, y'all that listen to me on the radio time and time again, I've told you. The Democrat playbook is not very diverse. And it's not complicated. Their plans don't really change over time. They do the same thing over and over. You can read, read books about Karl Marx. Read books about George Soros. This... this Stalin socialistic Marxist ideology is what everything they do, it's what it's based on. And they can't deny that. Even if they don't realize that's what it's based on, it's a mirror image of it. Everything they do. And maybe we'll do a show one day where we break that down and show you the comparisons with the two, because I think that'd be fascinating to be able to bring you guys... But that's it. That is what they do. So don't believe them when they say they don't know the numbers. It's not a discrepancy. It's not, oh, somebody forgot to do their job on Wednesday. They're doing that on purpose. They don't want you to know. And why do they not want you to know? Probably because that number is zero. Zip. Nada. Now the media... Mainstream media is not completely letting them off the hook. The Biden administration. And I'll give a couple people credit for it. Saw this the other day. I think it was on Sunday, actually. Chuck Todd over at MSNBC. Sleepy eyes, Chuck Todd. Remember when Trump used to call him that? Sleepy eyes, Chuck Todd. He's always got the sleepy eyes. He was talking about this. And I got to admit, I was pretty shocked. But at the same time, these people can only go so far in destroying our country before it's so obvious that the national news media can't even avoid it. Listen to this analysis from Chuck Todd on MSNBC uh, from Sunday. Well, look, I think he's got a, a, a pretty big uh, credibility crisis on his hands because all of these problems in some ways showed up after he said something basically the exact opposite. Afghanistan withdrawal wasn't going to be messy. This wasn't going to look like Saigon. Uh, the booster shots, he came out and essentially said eight months and even indicated maybe we should start it as soon as five months. Now we're not sure if anybody under 65 is going to get a booster shot. Uh, so, you know, he's had, and of course the border has been, you know, whether this, you could, we can talk about the border problems. You could say there's years in the making, 
But the, the, it's pretty clear we have a bigger problem now than we've had in years. And this is a these policies have turned into becoming a magnet. Look, I mean, this really cuts to the core of of Joe Biden and the case he made to be elected in the first place. Yeah. And I don't know who these guys are, but we're not going to play them. I just need you to hear Chuck Todd. Oh, I think those are guys from the uh, Daily Caller. But they're finally calling him out. They're saying, hey. The border wasn't this bad under Trump, and they're probably probably a little confused, if we're being honest. They don't understand how Trump could have the horrible, inhumane policies and the terrible policies that hurt America, but Joe Biden has the good policies, yet the results are swapped. Joe Biden, why is Joe Biden getting a bad result? Well, it's because he's the one with the bad policies. He's the one with the open border policies. And this kind of stuff is going to happen. Border Patrol can't handle that. Border Patrol has been demoralized, put down, embarrassed by this administration. Time and time again. Even look at what the media is doing to them now. Remember the whole thing with, with uh, the, the picture of the, uh, the Border Patrol agent? Let's say Border... I'm going to show y'all. Border Patrol agent rope. All right, so this um, this story comes out about a Border Patrol agent using a rope or what they were calling in the media a whip to whip or lasso Haitian migrants on the border trying to, I guess, round them up like a modern-day rodeo. And it turns out those ropes were actually the reins on their horse. And it's a procedure they do all day, every day. <laughs> they're not they're not riding around like gun smoke with whips whipping the migrants. But the media jumped on it, and y- you want to know what the White House's response to that when those stories came out? It wasn't, well, let's look into it and see exactly what it is. The response was this headline. White House condemns border guard use of whip-like cord against Haitian migrants. Didn't check. Didn't try to investigate to see what actually it was. They just condemned it. And you can tell they don't know what it is because they called it the use of a whip-like cord. You're condemning people for using something that you don't even know what it is. Got it. Got it. The media is disgusting, nonetheless. And nobody highlights the disgustingness, is that a word? The disgustingness of the media quite like the ladies on The View. Now, I used to get in trouble by listeners when I was on the radio because I would play clips from The View. I thought it was thoroughly entertaining, but some of y'all did not think that was was the case. But I'm going to do it again, whether y'all like it or not. So, they're talking about the border. And this is yesterday, I guess. And... Somehow, everything for them goes back to Trump. Everything's Trump's fault. Um, but this time, Sonny, Sonny, what's her name? Sonny Perdue, 
she actually blames Joe Biden for once. But she blames Joe Biden for allegedly continuing Trump's policies. <laughs> you heard that right. Listen to this. Listen to this segment. This is great. Biden not get openly laughed at by the world leaders at the U.N. like Trump did a few years ago. But Joe Biden's address is getting a mixed reception. He said he was ushering in a new era of relentless diplomacy and spoke about uniting to take on the pandemic, human rights issues and climate change. But some people thought he didn't address some issues that are more pressing than climate change. I personally do not know what is more pressing than the fact that we're going to have to move to Mars. <laughs> you tell me what is more pressing than ch climate change. Well, I think all the Haitians that are being rounded up with horse reins uh, in Texas feel that that's a pretty pressing issue right now. But you know what? And the I was Haitians surprised he be, never addressed it. Haiti will be one of the countries that will be impacted by climate change. Yes, but those families that are being, again, whipped with horse reins because they're simply trying to get food for their children and their families who, who and being that? deported. Who ordered that, The Sonny? Trump administration started the policy under Title 42. The Biden administration continued the policy, which I think is despicable. Uh, but they're outraged at it. Wait, what, 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 what policy? The policy of using cord-like whips to whip the Haitians out of the country? Look at these bozos. I was what a bunch of clowns. They're outraged. Outrage does, a, does what? I'm, I'm outraged. What can I do? Well, you know you're outraged. You're always outraged. You guys live your miserable little lives on your pedestals in Hollywood, not wearing a mask, condemning those who need to wear masks, the peasants, condemning those who utilize the police to keep their community safe, while you sat in your guarded, gated communities with your cocktail parties, with Hollywood celebrities and politicians, politicians that have enacted the strictest COVID laws, COVID mandates, nobody cares about these people. I was having a discussion with a guy today, and um, he, was, he was letting me know he was worried about the direction of the country, where the country's going. And he said what worried him was, was, and he's like, no offense, but your generation. Now, my generation is technically millennial, okay? But I'm on the back side of that, or the early side of it. Um, but he said, my generation and the generation before or after you, those people worry me. And, and I told him, I said, I wouldn't get too worried just yet. What needs to be worried about is the now. What's going on now and how to fix the now. I'm seeing people my age turn politically in the right direction as the media constantly is proven to be wrong. These Hollywood celebrities are proven to be elite hypocrites. And it's trickling down to the generation after us, the kids, because they're watching their parents' frustration with something like a Joe Biden administration, with Democrats. Because guess what? Democrats, they weren't happy. Here's, here's where it comes in. This is, this is where the rubber meets the road, and even those that don't pay attention to politics start getting into it. Democrats have always cornered the market 
with college, with higher education, with college kids, and again, back to Marxist ideology, indoctrinate the kids, all right? Now, when they say kids, they kept it at a collegiate level. They packed the university with liberal activist professors and indoctrinated so many kids. Most of y'all probably have family members. Younger family members that have been to college that came back completely brainwashed. And they did a good job at that. But now that they've got power, they're not happy with just having the college-age kids indoctrinated. They're moving it down to the school-age children. And when it starts creeping its way into public schools in the form of critical race theory or these pornographic books that some schools are finding in their curriculum, it crosses a line for a lot of parents who haven't really been paying attention to what's going on. And they may not be Democrat or Republican or whatever, but they know you're the enemy because you're crossing the line by corrupting my kid with this nastiness. Talking about sexuality. Talking about, you know, transgender, gay this, sex ed that. You cross a line. And the people turn on you. The kids that are being affected by that see their parents feeling that way. And that forms their opinion. They then grow up seeing liberals and Democrats the way we see them now. And the result of that would be obvious. That's why you're hearing chants of F. Joe Biden at college stadiums all around the country every single Saturday. From the time, literally, from when football season started this year, every Saturday we're seeing F. Joe Biden chanted around the country in college stadiums. And granted, yeah, I wish it was, you know, screw Joe Biden or whatever, because I kind of like showing it to my kid because I think it's funny. But nonetheless, it, it really expresses the frustration of even the kids that are in college that are being taught by these liberal professors how they feel about this whole situation. That should give you some encouragement. Democrats have an amazing ability to get power, be able to do whatever they want to do, and completely screw it up. That's our only saving grace in this whole situation. Democrats are good at obtaining power. You saw that on November 3rd. But they're not good at maintaining it. They always find a way to screw it up. And that is a good thing. Now, while going through that process, we have to go through some pains, those pains we're going through right now. But it's a good checks and balance to keep them from maintaining power. And that's not to say, just a disclaimer, that we need to just kick back and relax and ride the wave through 2022 in 2024, a lot of work to be done. But I'm just laying out the landscape for you guys to know that even though it may feel that way some days, all hope is not lost. We've got a bright future ahead, and there's no reason to get too discouraged. 
So there's that. Um, let me move over and give you a quick update on Gabby Petito. Now, Gabby Petito, as we know, uh, last episode we talked about her. She was uh, she was missing, and a body was found. Body was found, and they assumed just from their immediate observations that it was in fact uh, Gabby that they had found, and the coroner has apparently, as of yesterday, confirmed that the body found at the Wyoming Park is, in fact, Gabby, and that she died from the act of murder. So, that is what we know as of right now. As far as the boyfriend goes, he's still M.I.A., and there's a lot of frustration surrounding that because people are asking why do why did you why did you not have the guy in custody? Now, there are certain procedures, certain rules and laws that would prevent someone some organization like law enforcement or the FBI from arresting Brian Laundry. But they also have tools at their disposal where they could have detained the guy kept an eye on him, and made sure he didn't go anywhere. We all knew he had something to do with it. His behavior, before he ever ran away, his behavior told you that. But not only that, but it's bizarre that the FBI seemed to have no interest in getting warrants or collecting the electronic communications from Brian and the Laundry family? Why did they not do that? That's part of the investigation. This is why this is why the FBI drives me absolutely nuts. Not just because they're a corrupt organization that does not have the best interest of Americans at heart, but because of stuff like this. This is not a one-off. We see this all the time. It's almost as if they want this saga to continue to go on. And why is that? Trish says, I'm not so sure he ever really came back to Florida. Maybe they haven't been able to find him all along. Maybe. That could be true. And I hate to put my tinfoil hat on, but what if they want this thing to continue to go on? Because it happens to be a convenient distraction from everything else we're seeing across the world and here in this country. It is conveniently timed. There's no doubt about it. So could it be? The FBI are in the business of helping these politicians. They're not just strictly law enforcement doing what's right and forcing the law. We have found over the past four to five years that they are heavily political. Heavily. And I hate to keep showing you all this, but it's just proof. It's just proof at how political... The organization of the FBI is right there. Look at those faces. Look at those faces. 
James Comey, John Brennan, Peter Strzok, Andrew McCabe, FBI and intelligence agencies involved in an attempt to overthrow a government to select your representative in the White House and then to cover it up. It's deep at the FBI. So it would be no surprise to say that the FBI is trying to help. Again, it's a far-out concept. I get it. But I know the FBI's behavior in this instance, and it would not shock me to know that they want this thing to drag out as long as they can and have as many people pay attention to it as possible. Because they, hey, they rope everybody in. Because the media is talking about it, and then the, the, the leftist elite media is making it into a race issue, which is what they do with everything. But it fans the flames and it gets more people talking about it like I'm doing now. Even on Good Morning America, they had some jabroni on here. I don't know who he is, but he's talking about how uh, this is just another instance of showing that some lives matter more than others. Apparently, white lives matter more than black lives. We're going to turn to more on the Gabby Petito case and how it's helping spark new interest in finding other missing persons. Her disappearance mobilizing people online, hunting for clues, and now turning their attention to other unsolved cases. TJ Holmes joins with that. Good morning, TJ. Good morning to you, Australian. There's some names that become household names. Lacey Peterson, Natalie Holloway, Elizabeth Smart, Gabby Petito. There are other names, though, like Kiera Cole, names like Jelani Day, names like Daniel Robinson. Why don't you know those names? Well, those are people of color who've gone missing that didn't get the same media attention. Well, a lot of people online now are taking advantage of this moment to not just highlight... It's because they're black. But also it's because they're black and brown people that don't get any attention from the media. Well, what's this guy's deal? He's in the media. So are you admitting that you're at fault for only highlighting uh, missing blonde hair, blue-eyed white women? Is that the case? Hmm? Now, it is important as he was bringing up some instances of some guys, some, some black males missing. And whether they're black or they're white, it's a much different scenario for an adult male to be missing than it is a young adult female to be missing, no matter the color of the skin. It is a much different scenario. The young adult female is much more vulnerable. And this story in particular came with a storyline from the top. Not just reported as a missing deal with no evidence, no clues, no leads. This one had a storyline with the boyfriend. So that garners media attention in itself. It garners the interest of the public. But if a guy goes missing, people view that as an awful thing and they want to find the guy. But also he is a male and there is a good possibility he's taking care of himself until he can be found. But on the woman's side, again, obvious. I don't have to explain that to y'all. But that's the difference. But they have, again, no self-awareness. They have no idea. They think everything is about black versus white. Black lives matter less than white lives. Blah, 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 blah. 
Joy Reid from MSNBC, same thing. She said, she's even got a name for it. It's called Missing White Woman Syndrome. If you've been watching the news for the past few days or on Twitter or or TikTok, you're probably familiar with the name Gabby Petito, the 22-year-old aspiring social media influencer who was reported missing after her fiancé returned from their van life excursion without her. On Sunday, human remains believed to be potatoes were found in a national park in Wyoming. No family should ever have to endure that kind of pain. And the potato family certainly deserve answers and justice. But the way this story has captivated the nation has many wondering, why not the same media attention when people of color go missing? Well, the answer actually has a name. Missing white woman syndrome. How about that? Missing white woman syndrome. Because we never talk about missing black women. Missing black girls. Never, never, never. We don't talk about it. Unless, of course, you know, certain situations like... And you could really narrow this down just the state of Alabama. Anaya Blanchard, who went missing from a Chevron in Auburn, Alabama. Nationwide deal. Everybody was looking for her. was one of the top stories around here. One of the top stories. It's talked about. They just don't like to hear it. Maybe they're the ones that are dismissing the stories about missing black people. They're the ones dismissing it, and they think automatically it's not being talked about because it's not on their teleprompter when they're doing their stupid evening news show. Could that be it? I don't know. You'll have to ask them. You'll have to ask their producers to see. That's it for this episode of Over the Line. This episode brought to you by a product that rhymes with Schmivermectin. Not going to say the name, but uh, highly recommend. Maybe we can get those guys to sponsor a, a show where we give away tubes of product that rhymes with Schmivermectin. And uh, I think that would be a good time. If you want the regimen that uh, we are using to combat and be preventative about a particular virus from a Wuhan lab, send Trish or I a message, and we'll uh, we'll get you the info on that. And I also want to give a shout-out uh, to a friend of mine who gave me the info on exactly what he does, because this stuff, man... I've seen too much evidence of it working for people. And can I explain? Let me just explain this before I get out of here. You know why the media is attacking this stuff? You know why Dr. Fauci, why the FDA, why the CDC is attacking this stuff? Because they're doing the bidding of Pfizer. They're doing the bidding of Moderna. They're doing the bidding of Johnson & Johnson. They're doing the bidding of Big Pharma. If this works, Big Pharma doesn't make any money. If this works, there would be eight less billionaires since the start of the Wuhan virus. They don't want you to know about it. They only want you to do one thing, and that is inject this substance that came up with in a matter of months into your body and trust it's going to work. By the way, 
If you if you are not added on on the over the line Facebook page, I want you to go look at a meme I posted, and it was um, <laughs> it was a picture. You know the meme where it's got the two Spider Mans and they're pointing at each other, basically to kind of saying they're blaming each other, but they're both the exact same. Oh, <laughs> one of them says, uh, it says, uh. Hold on. Gosh, I got to pull it up now. I don't want to say it wrong. I got it here. It says, you must put this thing in your body or lose your job. And then it's Joe Biden and Harvey Weinstein pointing at each other. That's good. It's good. That's good. Anyway, I'm out of here for real. We'll be back on Friday with a brand new episode. Um, There's a possibility we may have a show tomorrow. Uh, to give you more updates on the Gabby case. Don't know for sure, but keep an eye on social media for that in case we do. If not, we will see you on Friday with a brand new edition of Friday Night Live. And until then, see you, cuz!